Welcome to the Toxin Terminator, helping people to restore and renew their health by removing the toxins from the home and their lives. Join in as industry thought leaders help you understand the physical and emotional effects these products can have on you and your family, and the safe alternatives you can use to remove the hidden toxins for renewed health. Now, please welcome your host, the Toxin Terminator herself, Amy Carlson. I am so excited for the release of my new book, The Toxin Terminator, Finding Focus, Energy, and Renewed Health by Removing Hidden Toxins. If you want to get your hands on the book first, be part of my pre-launch campaign by going to my website, www.aimeecarlson.com. That's amycarlson.com and you can sign up so you'll get your copy for only 99 cents. Hello, everyone. We're so excited to have you with us today. Today, we are going to hear a most impactful story from my guest, Christy Rich. She has a 15-year chronic disease that she has overcome, and I believe we're better than 10 years in recovery now. She helps those who Western medicine has failed. And she really has a lot to talk about natural remedies and holistic health, especially around liver detoxification. And she's really going to share with us how she combines healing with your spirit and uses the divine guidance to help us live our extraordinary lives. And if we've got time, I definitely want to get into her latest book project, um, really talking about natural childbirth all around the world. Now, Christy is a holistic healer. She is a health educator. She is a clairvoyant, an empath, and a medium. She's the owner of The Dancing Curtain, and I just love the name, which is a healthy lifestyle business. She is a speaker and an author. She has been featured in Food Heals by Allison Melody, where she shared her story. And again, she's got a current project, and I'll let her talk about that. But Christy, we're so glad to have you on The Toxin Terminator. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you, Amy. It's a pleasure. Thank you. You bet. So, you know, of course, we're all about learning about toxins, and we love to hear the stories of people's, not their suffering so much, you know, but we, it's important to hear about where you were in life with a chronic disease, um, because a lot of times I think when we use the word chronic disease, people don't understand exactly what that is, that um, it's an underlying medical condition, and talk to us about what were you experiencing, what it was like for you, what happened, and what's life like for you now? Oh, great questions. So I was young. I had been healthy all of my life, and suddenly I got this debilitating chronic illness. And so I didn't know what to do. I did what most people do. I went to the doctor. I had lots of tests run, and they couldn't find anything wrong with me. So since this was shortly after I had graduated from college, they said, oh, well, you're probably just depressed. <laughs> you have symptoms of depression. You are probably just depressed. Take an antidepressant. Yeah. But I had always been a very positive person and I didn't consider myself depressed. I didn't feel that there was a reason why I was suddenly depressed. Right. And so I declined. I decided not to take the antidepressants. I'm very sensitive to medication. And so I decided to keep on exploring what was wrong. 
So I knew intuitively that something was wrong. There was a root cause because something had to have created this illness. And I think it's a very good point of what you said. A lot of people don't know what a chronic illness is. And so that's something I had to discover too, because I never had a chronic illness before. So I think it's very important that people know that a chronic illness is an illness that you have for at least six months. Mm -hmm. So you've had it for good chunk of time and it's not improving. It's not getting better. So, you know, six months went by, I was still sick. And so I kept on going to more and more doctors. Finally, you know, they weren't able to help me. So then I went to alternative health and wellness and I went to an acupuncturist for the first time. You know, I was very open-minded. I'm like, okay, I heard this really works. Let's try it out. And I was so surprised that the person who I went to, even though he seemed like a very nice guy, he just believed that I was stressed. He said, oh, you just finished college and oh, you you know haven't quite got settled yet. You're just stressed out. Just have some fun. <laughs> but well, I knew. <laughs> what, what kind of symptoms were you experiencing during this time frame when you say, you know, I'm sick and I'm, I'm searching out answers? What kind of things were going on for you? Well, I had a lot of fatigue. I was very, very tired. It was debilitating fatigue. It was hard to get up in the morning. So I think that's one of the reasons why they thought it was depression. Right. Um, I had a really bad upset stomach. Um, I started to get migraines, you know, debilitating migraines so that I couldn't function. So it just was like an avalanche of symptoms. And the longer my illness went, the sicker I became. Right. So fortunately, because the sicker I became and they kept on running all these blood tests and everything looked fine, nothing right. was out of range, then they labeled me as a hypochondriac. Oh. So plus <laughs> the medical doctor sometimes, right? Yeah, it's like you're trying to be proactive about your health, you're trying to get better, and instead you're smacked with a label. So right. I I'm not really a big label person, you know, after that. But anyway, I persevered because I knew that I had been healthy all of my life and I knew that there was a reason. So I was looking, trying to discover the reason. So to make a long story short, um, again, this went for 15 years. So it was a really long time. I tried everything as most people who have a chronic illness do. They try everything. I tried vitamins. I tried uh, supplements. I tried herbs. I got into um, energy work. Mm-hmm. So I learned about a Russian shaman who was coming to visit in my area. So I was uh, living in Connecticut at the time, and he was coming to New York, which is very close to where I was living. And so I started to study with him. And I realized that by doing this energy work, even though I didn't understand it, I started to feel better. <laughs> and so that was, that was the beginning. Yeah. yeah. And then from there, I studied Reiki. I met a Reiki master in Connecticut. And again, I went through the different levels. And first, you have to learn how to heal your physical body, then your emotional body. And each time I went for an attunement, again, I felt better. I felt more relaxed. I felt more at peace. So this whole time I was sick, it was like my mind was racing. I felt very cloudy. I felt like a brain fog. I couldn't really access my thoughts as clearly. I couldn't see a vision of my future. But with um, the energy work, I started to get clearer and calmer. So I was like, okay, progress. But uh, wait, wait, wait wait a minute. You know, I understand what you're talking about when you're saying energy work, but maybe a lot of listeners don't don't understand what that means. Can you tell us what when you say I, I was doing energy? energy work, what does that mean? 
So energy work is dealing with the chi. So in the Eastern philosophy, if you are in the Eastern part of the globe, then you learn about chi, universal life force energy. And the whole belief, the Eastern philosophy is if you have a chronic illness, mm -hmm. if you have really um, debilitating depression or addictions, or just your life is not flowing, you feel stuck, that's because the chi, the universal life force energy is not flowing. Right. So once you get that flow, that chi going, it's no longer blocked, then your health is restored. Then you're feeling uplifted and happy. Then your career is flowing and everything is in harmony again. So that's the idea of energy work. And you can do it through different modalities. What I learned, first of all, was shamanism. So in shamanism, first, we learned a lot about meditation. We did a lot of moving meditations. We did a lot of visualizations. We did um, just a lot of understanding about the the astral plane and how we're connected to spirits, how we are spirit in the physical body and our relationship to the earth. So shamanism is very much about your connection to mother earth and being grounded and also being open to um, the spirits and the divine, the astral plane. Uh, Reiki is a little bit different with Reiki. You can also um, work on healing the body. So with Reiki, a person normally lies down on a massage table, mm -hmm. they close their eyes, they have a blanket on them, they're fully dressed, it's not like a massage. And the person sends the chi, the universal life force energy from their hands to the client. Okay. So that's what happened. I went to a Reiki master and she gave me a session and she actually didn't touch me because you do not have to touch for Reiki. You can or you can choose to have your hands a few inches above, and that's what she did. And just from that, I could feel the energy. I could see visions, and uh, it was amazing. So that got me curious to keep on trying it, and I kept on going back to her because I was feeling better. And she said, well, you know, Christy, you can learn this, and you can do it on yourself. <laughs> and I went, wow, really? That's amazing. Let's learn that. So that's how I became uh, certified, became a Reiki practitioner. That's wonderful. And I know in your story, when you're talking about, uh, you know, healing your body, that that's also when you got into learning that you had these psychic abilities and, you know, the intuitiveness. I think, do you think that we all kind of have that intuitiveness in us? Yes. Whether we pay attention to that or not? Absolutely. We are all intuitive, but society kind of trains us to use our head instead of our intuition yeah so we need to get back to that kids kids are very intuitive you know yeah. kids can tell you know how you're doing or you know if something's about to happen they just have that sense right they so do. we need to get back to that playfulness and they do explore. I, I have 12 grandkids and I can tell you they intuitively know you know what makes their body feel better and what yes. makes their body not feel good, and, you know, and, and they will gravitate towards that and let you know immediately before they become that jaded, you know, us adults that, oh, yeah, yeah, that doesn't work. <laughs> yes, yes. Good, good. So you've seen that. Absolutely. Yeah. So great question about how I became clairvoyant. So I was, you know, I was practicing the Reiki on myself. I was working with clients. I was meditating. So let's see. At the time that I became clairvoyant, though, let me see. I think I'd already healed myself from my illness. Let me just go back. Yes, I had. 
Okay. So you want me to talk about first becoming clairvoyant or how I overcame my illness? Well, let's, let's do the overcame the illness because okay. then, then we're going to talk about the clairvoyant because you really utilize that when you're working yes. with your clients today. So, you know, we talked about your symptoms were that chronic fatigue and just debilitating uh, fatigue and not being able to get up out of bed and the, and the migraines really happening and the digestive issues going on. So yes. and then, then it, it, it developed into other symptoms, too. So I also had terrible acne. So here uh, as an adult, I was like breaking out like crazy. <laughs> and I was like so embarrassed because I was trying to get into my acting career in the acting world. You do not want to have bumpy skin. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh my so, yeah, so I had that. I started breaking out in hives. Anytime mm. I started to eat uh, wheat or gluten, I would break out into hives. And I never had any food allergies before. So right. all of a sudden, I was allergic to dairy. I was allergic to gluten. I was allergic to soy. Um, breaking out into these hives, getting all red and scratchy and itchy. And I'd had night sweats. You know, most people, when they go through menopause, they have night sweats, but I was very young. Yeah. And so like all of these terrible symptoms, but the, the fatigue was the worst. It was just debilitating. And even though I was so tired, I had insomnia, so I couldn't sleep. <sighs> so then I was like taking something to sleep <laughs> and then still feeling exhausted all day long. Yeah. So that's in a nutshell, all the symptoms, but it, it again, escalated. So, um, how did I overcome my illness? So again, I was doing all this work on myself mm -hmm. and I was being very proactive. I was eating very well. I changed my diet because, you know, I developed all these allergies so that I was like, oh, wow, I can no longer eat wheat. That's crazy. So I cut that out. Mm -hmm. But then later on, I found out, no, it's not just wheat, it's gluten. So I'm like, okay, I need to cut out even more. Right. So, you know, it was a trial and error to try to figure that out. But to make a long story short, at the end of 15 years, finally, I found a doctor who believed me, who believed that there was something wrong, that there was a reason, that it wasn't just, you know, happenstance yeah, yeah. or in my head. Yeah. And so I had come to him with a long list of all of the tests that I had done and all the symptoms I had and, and all the supplements that I was taking and how everything escalated. I was very, very detailed. And he's like, wow, you compiled all of this for me, your whole health history of the last 15 years. I'm like, yeah, I'm trying to get well. And he said, wow, you know what? I believe you. There's something wrong and I'm going to figure it out. We're going to run some further testing and we're going to figure this out. So I was like, phew, finally. So luckily he did all this testing and used his intuition, what he thought could be the reason. And he found out that I had extremely high levels of heavy metals in my system. Now, was this a functional medicine doctor? I was this still um, a naturopath or were, or were you still dealing with a traditional Western medicine doctor? No. So I went to so many doctors. I went to doctors in Connecticut. I went to doctors in New York City. I went to primary care doctors. I went to specialists. He was actually an infectious disease specialist because I thought because early on when I started to get sick, when I had been living abroad, because I did my junior abroad in, in London, um, I got a parasite. And okay. so I thought that was kind of the beginning. I was like, once that parasite happened, then my health went down. So I'm like, do I still have this parasite? I can't gain weight. What's going on? Let's test for that. I went to this alternative person. She seemed to think I still had the parasite. Let's find out for certain, do I have it? Right. And so that's why I went to an infectious disease specialist. Okay. okay. So, um, but no, he actually found out that I had heavy metals, even though that wasn't his, you know, 
expertise. And it, the levels were off the charts. They were the highest he'd ever seen in any client ever. Wow. So, so he said to me, you know, wow, Christy, you know, you should actually be much sicker than you appear. You know, I know you're feeling terrible. I know you've been going through a really hard time, but with your levels being this high, you should really have brain damage. You should really be paralyzed. Do you realize that? And I was like, wow, okay, well, finally got a diagnosis, but my goodness, should I be that sick? That's crazy. That is, oh my word, to he- and to hear that out loud. So that's got to make you feel good that you've done some great preventative, um, but now we know there's more work to be done, right? Yes, yes. So it was confirming. I knew there was something wrong. It wasn't just in my head. There was something wrong with my physical body. And so I was very happy that I persevered because most people would have said, okay, you said take the antidepressant. I'm just depressed. You know, you said to just take uh, something for acid reflux. Just take that. Just do whatever the doctor says. But I persevered. So with that news, he said, okay, Christy, you know, this is not my genre. So you need to go to a toxicologist and you'll need to go to one in New York City and they're probably going to have to do chelation therapy for at least a year, probably longer because your levels are so high. And so I said, okay, well, good. I know what to do. And uh, thank you very much. And so I left and you know, I had been very proactive the whole entire time I was sick for 15 years. I did lots of research and that's, you know, how I learned about vitamins and supplements and changed my diet and all of that. And I quickly went on to Google once I went home and I found out that chelation therapy is the only therapy they recommend, Western medicine recommends for heavy metals, but it's one of the few substances that can pass between the blood brain barrier. And because of that, that means that it can create symptoms, again, of brain damage, paralysis, and even possibly death. Mm. Here's a solution. (laughs) Yay. And then here is, oh my word, you know, do I really, this is like a cancer treatment, you know, patient saying you have cancer and here's our solution. You know, you, you, you're dealing with the same kind of thing. If you go through the chemotherapy and radiation, you're going to experience all of this. Oh my word. So, yes. So so, I said, no way, no way am I going to get sicker? No way am I going to risk death to be treated? doesn't make any sense. Right. And that was the only option they gave me and to go through this for an entire year. Okay. And it was also painful. I do not do well with pain. It was also very costly. I did not have any health insurance at the time. And it was just like, no, no brainer. I am a healer at that point. You know, I had studied Reiki and shamanism and I was confident in my abilities. I'm like, I'm a healer. I'm going to heal myself. There's got to be another solution. So I went on to Google again and I said, okay, let's look up natural remedies, natural solutions for Mm -hmm. extracting the metals out. So for those who are not familiar with uh, chelation therapy, for when you have a heavy metal, you have to have it extracted out of the blo- of the body. It has to come out of the blood or out of the tissues, wherever it is. It doesn't naturally just come out in time on its own. And that's why my levels were so high because they were building up. So he said that it seemed like I had been consuming heavy metals for years. It was that high. Again, I don't know how that could have happened, but in any case, with with chelation therapy, it takes out 
all of the metals, it extracts it out, but it also takes out all the good stuff. So it takes out all of your minerals, all of your vitamins. So that's why it's so painful because you know, if you're exercising and you're depleted in potassium, that's just one mineral, you cramp up. Right. So imagine not having any of your minerals to support you. Right. Very, very painful. Extraordinarily right. painful. So again, I said, let's just find a natural solution that it will extract the heavy metals out naturally without any side effects. And I found it. I found it through food. I found, I found it through supplements. Okay. So that's what I did. I said, I'm going to take this food every single day. I am going to... Um, give myself a goal. I'm going to be well in one month. I've been sick for 15 years now. Just let's do it in one month. Mind over matter, Christy. Let's get back into my, my life. And so that's what I did. I said, okay, this is, um, this, I took some chlorella. So chlorella is very good for extracting heavy metals out of the system. Okay. And I put it, I put it in a smoothie every morning. I had that first thing. And then I also found out that cilantro is naturally uh, detoxifying and also extracts heavy metals out of the body naturally, no side effects. So then I, I created a dish with cilantro that I would make every day and put it over pasta or make a dip. And uh, I meditated for the first time in my life doing a traditional meditation, just 20 minutes sitting down. And that was able to clear my mind. And I just fed myself positivity every single day. I said, Christy, you're going to be well in one month. In one month, you're going to be free of this illness. You're going to feel fabulous. So I did a little exercise. You know, I was very, very weak and very debilitated. Um, my muscles had actually atrophied because mm -hmm. I could not exercise when I was sick. So to just walk was a big struggle. But I said, nope, you've got to got to do this. So I would walk down my little cul-de-sac and back with my dogs and get some, you know, fresh air and sunshine. And just every single day I told myself I would be well at the end of the month. So because my levels were so high off the charts, toxicologists had never seen anything like it. And they were barking at me like, how did this happen? What did you do to yourself? <laughs> injecting the metals into your, you know, bloodstream, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. So um, I forgot what I was going to say. So because they were so high, um, they were actually taking blood samples every three to four days just to see if they were continuing to go up. Right. Um, so basically they were taking the blood every three to four days and I was, you know, eating the food and taking the supplements and doing my meditation and being positive and the level started to go down. So they were going down and down and down until I reached the end of the month and they were zero, <sighs> absolutely gone zero in one month, completely naturally. I didn't do the chelation therapy, so I didn't have any of the side effects. I was, you know, clear headed after that. And I felt like, wow, I have got my life back. Mm -hmm. So that yeah. was a big turning point for me. That's amazing. And I, I think we need to, you know, number one, you were doing some things with food. I think food is, is so nourishing to the body and, and, and the right foods to do the right things with our body. Um, you, and the, um, the Corella is, is I'm assuming going to be very, very supportive of the liver because our liver yes. is one of the main detoxing organs in the body to help you know, remove that once it gets out of the tissue, you know, and get it out of the body. Um, but the, the meditation and the mindset, that's yeah. so, so important because our, yes. 
mindset, our words that we're speaking internally are so powerful over us. And this story is such a perfect example of that. Thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. You're welcome. My pleasure. Yeah. So that's when I realized the mind, body, spirit connection. Yeah. And that's when I said, okay, I have got to get out there even bigger as a healer and let people know you do not have to only think you have one choice only to do Western medicine. You can see a holistic healer and you can heal yourself, mind, body, and spirit naturally through natural remedies, natural healing. Okay. So once I did that, I was like, I want to empower women. I just felt that again, being a woman, also, I was looked at differently by doctors. I don't know if a lot of people know this. A lot of people haven't gone through chronic illness. They may not be familiar with this, but a lot of times women are not taken seriously when they have a chronic illness. They're just said, oh, you're just being emotional. Just just take this pill and everything's fine. Just listen to me. But no, it's not emotions. We really are in tune with our bodies. And yes, our emotions are telling us something too. So they are valid if we are emotional, right? Yes. I can I can attest to that because I my personal experience as well was one where I've been told by doctors there's nothing wrong with me. I've been told it's in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it has to be a mental issue. So here's an antidepressant that's going to solve everything for you. Um, I've also been told um, by different because I had a lot of female reproductive issues. So mm-hmm. I was told by different gynecologists that oh I have patients who would die to have your cycle. And it's like, well, wonderful. Then that you know, but that that's fine. It doesn't help you. This is not normal for me. Yeah, exactly. And that's so difficult. So um, let's. I want to carry this conversation because for me. I was a strong enough person to have a voice. You were Mm. strong enough person to have that perseverance, to keep going, to know there's something not right. And I'm going to keep going. What does that person do? Who's like, well, the, the, the professionals are telling me there's nothing wrong with me. Or the professionals are saying X, Y, Z. How do we help that person? Yes. So I'm a huge health advocate. So I'm trying to get out there and let women know you must be your own health advocate. It's not just listening to the doctors. It's not just listening to the health practitioners and whatever they say to do, you do. You need to be the one who believes in your health and the importance of your health more than anyone. Okay. If you're not feeling good, even if it's for, you know, four months, that's long enough to say that's enough. You know, let's get better. Don't, wait for it to go to six months before you take it seriously, you know? So we have to, we have to stand up and we have to do research. You know, Uh, again, I try to educate my clients that, you know, even though there are a lot of great doctors and a lot of doctors who are well-meaning, unfortunately, they're very, very busy and they don't have time to do research. Right. And if you do the research, the information's out there. I was able to find it on Google, how to get these heavy metals out naturally. Right. Right. Doctors the whole entire time that I was sick, they never encouraged any natural remedies. And instead, like you were saying, they didn't focus on the root cause. I always knew there was a reason, a root cause. And instead, they were going piecemeal and they're saying, Oh, your stomach is having a problem. Let's give you this medication. Oh, okay. You're not sleeping. Okay. Take this medication. Okay. You have a migraine. Take this medication. So it was all these symptoms that they were basing it on instead of saying, What's the root cause? If they had said, Okay, I think there's something wrong with her liver. Let's figure that out. 
then it would have cleared up all of the symptoms. And that's what happened once I said, okay, it's heavy metals, let's clean it all out and boom. Right. So our, our strongest words of encouragement for you women is just to, if you feel you know there's something wrong, whether it, you've been dealing with it two months or six months or however long you've been dealing with it, to keep going. There will be somebody who will listen, whether it's a, a doctor, a functional doctor, a healer, someone is going to understand what is going on and, and keep going. Keep going. Yes. You know, Don't be, give up. Yeah. Believe in that and know that there is isn't a solution out there. Thank you. Yes, because we know our body better than anyone else, just like you said, okay? So just know your before, how you felt before, and know how you're feeling right now. Mm -hmm. There's always room for improvement, okay? And that's yeah. another thing is that doctors like to, to put this fear into our mind and say, okay, no, you're just never going to get better now. And that's what I heard too, even among my friends. A lot of them said, well, you're not as young as you used to be. You just got to accept how you feel now. I'm like, I'm still young. And no, this is not acceptable <laughs> to feel like this for the rest of my life. It's so discouraged when I hear that. I, I uh, spent some time with my parents who are, you know, 80 and 73 and, you know, 72 and, and, and just, you know, well, you just wait, you know, your time is coming. You're going to be on a slew of medication. This is going to be how life is. And it's like, no, no, no it's not. It doesn't have to be. That's no. not the, the deal. And, um, and doctors, like you said, bless their hearts. And there are great ones out there. Please. I'm yes. not against. Yes, there are. Absolutely. Medicine, but they truly are treating the symptom. That's it. Yes. You know, they're, yeah. they're not getting, if you want to get to the root cause, you need to get to a healer, you know, a holistic healer. You need to get to a natural or a, you know, a functional medicine. They, they can run different tests. That's another thing. And I don't mean to overtake the interview. Sorry, not sorry. But <laughs> in the, in the traditional medicine world, when you're being tested, you're being tested in a range of, you know, about 90% of the population. Now, 90% of the population is not healthy. You know, six out of 10 adults have an underlying health, you know, condition. So a functional medicine doctor is not going to do that. They're going to run your numbers against what is optimal health, not against the average of 90% of the population. And that to me was important to understand that I don't want to be compared to the average of society. I want to be compared to optimal health so that I know I get in the right range. Mm -hmm. And that reminded me because I was tested, you know, I don't remember what year it was, but I was tested to see if I had celiac because I had suspected, you know, yeah. something's wrong with my stomach. Every single time I eat wheat, you know, what's going on? Never had this problem before. And then they ran this test. I don't remember the name of it, but the test was, you know, a possibility of being a little flawed because they said that you had to be, I think it was, you had to be off of wheat for six months. Mm-hmm in order to get the right test, I may be saying this incorrectly because it's been a long time, but you know, they told me just keep on eating normal like I normally did. And so I, I was eating it, either that or it's the opposite. But in any case, it didn't come out with the right result. But later on, like you said, when I went to a naturopath, she did a different test and she found out that I was severely gluten intolerant. Right. So again, you have to understand the testing and the parameters of if you should be eating right. something before or not eating something before. To get the right result. 
Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So I hijacked the interview. Sorry about that. No, it's good. It's good. Let's get all the information out. This is for educating everyone. It's important. You bet. Hey there. I wanted to take a minute to talk about the everyday products you are using in your home. Many of us are label hunting. They're examining every product in the house to make sure it's toxic free. And I totally understand that, hey, we're not all scientists and maybe we just want that easy button to help pick the right products. That's why I aligned with Young Living, a whole health and wellness company that has all the clean products you know, from essential oils to personal care products, makeup, supplements, items for kids and babies, and the list goes on. Almost any everyday item you could think of using. And the best part is, Young Living's products are seed to seal. They're backed by high quality standards. They're the leader in the industry and one of the only essential oil companies that have their own farms. I've been there. They're incredible. These are great natural products that you can use right at home. If you want to shop worry-free for home products, click my link in the show notes and see the quality products from Young Living. So talk to us about, you know, you really stepped into your psychic abilities. You really, you, you said, I knew it was so important. You know, the mind, body, spirit, it's all intertwined. And, and so I know this makes you very, very unique in, mm. in the holistic health world that you can combine those um, three elements. And, and so let's talk about how you do that with your clients and, and what stepped you into that role. Yes. So great question. So I had always wanted to be, excuse me, psychic. My grandmother was a psychic and uh, they say that it normally skips a generation and then the grandchild. So um, I'd always wanted to be, but I felt that I wasn't like she was. Mm -hmm. So I had some, you know, prophetic dreams, uh, knowing things that I shouldn't have known, like if somebody was going to pass or about family secrets and such like that. But I wanted to be able to use it in my everyday life. So it wasn't until I moved to San Francisco after I overcame my chronic health condition that I was seeing clients. And then I actually went to a healer myself. Mm-hmm. And the healer said that I come from a very long line of healers that I've been doing this for many different lifetimes. So it's very natural for me. And she said that, um, yeah, she, so just hearing those words, something clicked in me. And right. I said, wow, okay, yeah, I am a healer. That's right. This is very natural. I do enjoy this. And so immediately after that, when I saw a client, I started to see visions. I started to see some imagery and I started to share it with my client to say, okay, well, I saw this and I don't know if this means something to you, if this is a metaphor, but I wanted to share with you. And then, wow, that's amazing. That was me and my grandfather on the tractor as a boy. And yes, that was the, the costume I wore as being the mascot for my college. That's what it looked like. And yes, I've been told by somebody else that I was uh, a Thai man in the previous lifetime. So everything was just confirmed. Mm -hmm. And then I started to share more and more with my clients after the healing session. And again, it was confirmed. Mm -hmm. So then I knew that I was really seeing that I was really tapping into my clairvoyance. So that gave me the confidence to keep on going. And then just because I was so open, then I started to become a little clairaudient. So clairaudient means that you can hear messages. Clairvoyant means you can see See messages. Yes. So I continued and it's all about practice. So with your intuition, the more you practice it, the stronger it will become. And so it just really 
developed and grew with my clients. So I saw a need that my clients really needed to be empowered and inspired. And I saw a need that people really needed to share their experience, not just receive a healing. So for a traditional Reiki session, as I mentioned, a client lays down on a massage table, the um, healer will send them the energy balance the chakras, balance the aura, but there isn't a lot of talking. It's basically like you lay down for an hour, you receive, and then you're grateful. Right. But, but I decided I wanted to give them more support. So what I did is I added time in the beginning to really hear their background, to hear their struggle, because I started to attract people who had chronic illness <laughs> yeah. and uh, didn't know what to do. And been like me, been to every doctor and to no avail and no help. And so a lot of them were undiagnosed. A lot of them been struggling. So I really wanted to hear what they'd been through mm-hmm. and then just have them express. So I saw just from them talking and expressing, that was part of the healing. That was like releasing something because when you have a chronic illness, people just don't understand. Right. And that's what I found out is that people would just kind of assume they're like, oh, Christy, it'll just get better. Just, just lighten up, you know, they just say things like that. And so people can't really express how they feel. So if you are in a safe environment, like with a healer, then I allowed them to heal, to, to share. And that was healing for them. Yeah. So, so then after that, then I gave them the normal healing of the hour. And then I started sharing my clairvoyance. Mm -hmm. I started sharing my gifts. And so that really helped them to empower them and inspire them. And then it was in 2017 that I became a medium. Mm-hmm. So in 2017, I went to Brazil. I went on this big retreat and I was really meditating. I was meditating for up to six hours per day with a big group of people. So it was very, very powerful energy. And from that experience, I became a medium. And I was able to then connect to spirits, to um, the divine, ask questions, get answers. And now I have included that into my sessions too. I love that. I love that. Now, let me ask you because, um, and I love how that's something that you can utilize as part of the healing process. And for those, you know, that that desire that, I think that's a wonderful um, modality to be able to give. You say you became, and I would say, I think these are gifts that we have always. It's just whether we are in tune with that gift and bringing that gift forward. Does that make sense? Uh, Yes. So I believe we're all intuitive. We all have the potential for these skills, but they're not always developed. You're not always able to access them, access them. So for me, I was never able to... uh, talk directly to an archangel or to a ancestor or spirit guide and feel that I had received the message. It was more like intuitively, like inside, like I would know what to do for myself. But now I feel a connection that I can always tap in and I feel that it can always guide me yes or no, instead of me getting into my, you know, ego, what I think is right. Right. So that really gives me reassurance that it's not just my ego telling clients what to do as recommended action steps, but it really comes from a higher place. Ah, oh, what a great, you know, I mean, the, you want to talk about a powerful resource that this isn't just, hey, this is Christy's recommendation because it worked for me. <laughs> I'm actually <laughs> yeah. tapping into the angels and and I've had readings. In fact, I've done a group reading with you, Christy, where... Mm-hmm. 
I, I, I don't understand it. I really don't. Uh, uh, but from my, my feeble mind is that we are really surrounded by angels and, and spirits and, and, and they're there. They're guiding us whether we, we know it or not. Is that correct? Yes, absolutely. They're always here. But you have to ask for help. You have to ask them to step in. Otherwise, they believe in free will and they will allow us to do our life how we see fit. But you can always ask them for help. Always. Anyone can. I love that. And I love that that's there for the taking. It's there yes. for any of us to, to access into. Um, that is beautiful. And, and people can get a hold of you. Is it through the Dancing Curtain website? Is that the best yes. way? Yes. So they can go to the Dancing Curtain. So that's www.thedancingcurtain.com. Mm -hmm. And they can email me at christy at thedancingcurtain.com. I also do have a Facebook page. And Christy is K H. R-I-S-T-E-E, -E, just yes. so people know that. Yes, very good. Very different spelling. Uh, so they can also find me on The Dancing Curtain on Facebook. Yep. They can find me on Instagram at Christy Rich. They can also find me on Pinterest. I'm on Pinterest now at Christy Rich. Yes. And also on YouTube at Dancing Curtain. All right. And I wanted to get that out now. We're not done, but I wanted to get that out now so that if people, um, you know, who are listening say, you know what, that's for me. That's the way I need my body to heal. That's where I need to go, um, that we're giving that solution to you right now. So I wanted to make sure we get that, but I want to take some more time and I want to talk about your big project because I know Christy and I are in a mastermind together called Rise and Bloom. And so I get to hear about her progress with this project that she's been working on. And I know that it's a huge heart passion for you. And I'd yeah. like you to be able to share that with our audience today of what you've been not really silently, but publicly silently in the background. You do blog about it. Um, yeah. uh, this project you've been working on for how long has it been now? Uh, it's been a little less than a year. So I was inspired last summer on the summer solstice. I met with a friend and she was pregnant with her first child. And we met for tea and I was very curious, you know, how she was doing, how the pregnancy was going. And she shared with me behind the scenes something I had never heard anyone talk about before. Mm -hmm. And so I was so amazed because I'm all about female empowerment. I'm all about, you know, empowering women. And here was the subject I, I was surprised is not being talked about candidly and openly among women. Okay. So once I had that conversation with her, then I was inspired to right away go home and do some research. And that's when just everything started clicking. And I said, okay, this is a project that's very important that needs to be heard. And we really need to open up this conversation with women. Okay. So in the end, that conversation is? Well, uh, the conversation we need to open up or the conversation I had with my friend? The, that we need to open up. Oh, well, we need to be able to share our voices about our experiences. Mm -hmm. So what I found is that, yes, among close friends, women may talk and share their childbirth experiences, but among strangers, among acquaintances, among others, there is not that open conversation. 
So also in my book, I'm also dealing with holistic childbirth around the world. So what that means is that means, again, mind, body, and spirit. Mm -hmm. So how childbirth affects us emotionally, how childbirth affects us physically, okay? Mm -hmm. And the whole journey. So just similar to my experience, like the whole journey that the woman goes through, not just the moment she has the baby. Right. So in my book, I talk about, okay, how did she feel when she found out for the first time that she was pregnant? And then how did she feel during the pregnancy? And how did she feel you know, emotionally and physically? And how did she feel during the labor? How did she feel after the baby was born? And then the postpartum period as well. So it's right. the full journey. Right, right. Yes. And yes. you're doing this. So um, Christy's interviewed well over 60 women um, all over the world. Are you finding differences between, you know, we're here in the States. Um, yes. Are there differences in different areas of the world versus what we experience here in the States? Oh, there's many differences. There's many differences and many similarities. So yes, I interviewed over 60 women around the world and even some childbirth experts as well, because I wanted to get the full picture. Right. And, uh, you know, some of them are countries such as the US, you know, first world countries, and then some of them are developing countries. So very different how childbirth is in developing countries. And I think that's really going to be eye-opening, especially for Americans, because... I think a lot of Americans just assume that childbirth is the same all around the world, and it's not. Right. Right. So, and and what are you calling your book? Well, right now I just have a working title. So I am still looking for a literary agent. I'm still looking for a publisher. So that may change. But right now the title is Shock and Awe, Unifying Women Around the World About Childbirth. Oh, no, I do like that title. I think that's really good. So thank you. Thank you. Um, so this is something that is still in the works and will be yes. coming out. But um, what are some of the things that as you um, interviewed women with the childbirth experience? And again, we're going from conception, you know, mm-hmm. to to post birth. What are some of the topics that were kind of uh, maybe interesting to you or, or maybe change the perception that you had within that topic? Well, the most surprising thing that I discovered was that there is a lot of shame around childbirth. Really? Yes, that was very, very surprising because again, I have not had a child yet. So perhaps maybe uh, women haven't shared their personal experiences as much with me as they have with other mothers. But right away, when I started writing the book, I started to share what Mm -hmm. I was finding. And right away, um, I found that women were very hesitant about me presenting this, this topic. And actually, even one friend even said, Christy, you shouldn't write this book. Yeah. And I said, wow, you know, why? And she's like, well, she, she, she had the feeling that I came from one perspective. So there's a lot of division on this topic with women. And a lot of women believe that there is a right way to give birth and there is a wrong way to give birth. Okay. And again, this has come from Western medicine saying that this is a right way to give birth because it used to be years and years ago that the woman always gave birth at home. Right. Right. Okay. Home births were very, very natural. And then when Western medicine became more popular, then they encouraged women to come to the hospitals. Okay. And so 
that's how it started to shift and change. It used to be always women working together. Women would have the baby with a midwife. Mm -hmm. And then the doctors started to suggest that she went to the hospital. Mm -hmm. And then it was always delivering with a man there. So uh, again, it's unfortunate that this has happened, that women believe that there is a right way and a wrong way. And women then feel pressured to have a certain style of birth. You know, some women feel guilty if they had an epidural. Right. Some, some feel shame if they had a C-section. But what I have found is it goes even deeper than that. Mm-hmm. So a lot of women, I think, again, assume that the main issue of shame is taking medication instead of going, you know, natural. But really, it goes a lot deeper than that. It goes, um, women are ashamed of conceiving easily when other women have so many, so many problems, you know, with fertility these days. So now it's like the opposite. Like women are afraid of sharing their good stories because so many women have had traumatic childbirths. So many women have had difficulty conceiving. So many women have had, you know, postpartum depression. So it's, it's almost like you can't just tell the truth. You can't right. tell the truth of having a good experience. And if you had a really bad experience, then a lot of women feel that they hear too much of that, that right. it, it, it scares them into they're assuming they will have a bad experience too. So right. it puts this fear into their mind that, oh, childbirth has got to be so terrible. It's got to be so painful. Everyone has a traumatic childbirth or I have to do everything I can to plan and prepare so I have it perfect so it's not going to be that way. And then if it is still, then I feel bad. So there's just a lot of emotions that women are feeling and a lot of pressure they're putting on themselves. And again, there's this division among women that they can't talk about this. So I really wanted to create this book to put out all the different experiences to really show the diversity of all the different things women go through, again, through the whole journey, and then see how we're all in this together. You know, it's all about creating a baby and and the health and safety of the baby coming to the world and also the health of the mother too. That's the most important thing. So I really want to unify and open up this conversation so women can have a healthy, open conversation without feeling that there are things that they can't say or being afraid that they will get into an argument. Yeah. And I know this doesn't have, and, and thank you for sharing that. And, and I'm, I want to kind of end our, our talk because especially in light, I, I was, I've had many conversations over the last couple of weeks with various different people and you say, state it so eloquently, eloquently, you know, in here that, you know, to be able to have an open dialogue without feelings of that you're hurting somebody's feelings, you're feeling guilty, you know, um, I just feel there's so many different issues in our world today and lots of them that we are becoming so divided, so divided. Mm, I agree. You know, and, and, and you're talking about childbirth is just, you know, one of them. And when did this start happening that, that we as a society decided that, you know what, my way is right. Your way is wrong. And we are going to argue to the point of hatred Mm. You know, instead of understanding, you know, instead of coming from a place of understanding, yes, understanding that, you know what, just because I do it this way and she does it this way doesn't mean one is right and one is wrong. 
you know, that each, yes. ha- each person has the, the, you know, ability to decide what works best for them. And it doesn't make it right or wrong. It just makes it right for that person, you know, yes. and, and how much better our society would be. That's why I wanted to kind of end with this because, you know, can we open our hearts and just know that you, what you experience is a good thing for you and what I experience is a good thing for me and we don't have to have a right and a wrong. Yes, and I also want to say it's also important for us to see this as an opportunity for empowerment. Yes. Okay, so again, this is a time of female empowerment. This is a time for empowerment and also for us to unify, again, like you said, on so many different levels. But again, I think the one area that a lot of people have not seen women needing to become empowered is about their health. Yes. Yes. And there's no shame in it. There's no, you know, to understand, um, you know, as you were talking about, you know, the birthing experience, just the birthing experience alone. Oh, you know, I ended up having to take some medicine and I really didn't want to, or I ended up having to have a C-section and that wasn't my birth plan. You know, my birth plan was not that this is, you know, things unfolded Uh, and it can go further. I wanted to nurse, but I couldn't nurse. My body wasn't allowing that or whatever the case may be be and not to have that shame or that guilt or that this was just your experience um you know women hear other women talk about it in their voices they'll know that they're not alone yes oh my gosh that is such a good you know feeling to understand when when for me when I was suffering from chronic illness for all those years and then getting around other women who also and going I'm not crazy it's not in yes, my head. yes. <laughs> that that enlightenment that you receive so you know what a beautiful message to you know to just end this you know with with our time together is that we're not alone We are not alone and that there are other women around us, um, you know, and and to come together collectively as a whole for the good, you know, of of everybody that, you know, that we can do so many things when we do that. Yes, absolutely. Any final thoughts you'd like? I mean, because I just gave mine. (laughs) No, I think that's beautiful. Yeah. Well, I just want to say again, if anybody's interested in working with me, they can set up a one-on-one session. So I do do that virtually. And I also do have the group healing program that you mentioned as well. So they can um, decide whichever, of course, the group is a little bit more economical. And at this time, you know, that may be a better option for a lot of people, but you still do get a reading. You still do get a recording at the end. So you do have that support. And, um, also, I'm going to send a little uh, link for your viewers if they would like to try chlorella and get a little discount so they can um, detoxify their liver and uh, feel great. Ah, that sounds amazing. That's one thing I, I wrote it down because that's one thing I'm adding into my protocol because heavy metals are something that we're exposed to every single day. You're not getting away from it because it's in our food source. It's in our water sources. Um, you know, so this is something that you can implement on a regular basis to help your body um, just stay on a maintenance program, um, so yes. to speak. Right. Uh, yes. So I wrote it down and I will okay. be for that link. To, okay. To so- I can give it to you now. It's just uh, www.energybits.com. 
And if you use the coupon code, the dancing curtain, then you get 20% off. So definitely a great incentive. There we go. There we go. Thank you, Christy, for your time today. Um, Thank you. I so appreciate you and sharing. Um, what a beautiful energy to share over our audience today. Thank you so much. Pleasure to be on your show. That's all for this episode of The Toxin Terminator. And we hope we've helped you remove the hidden toxins in your life for renewed health. If you're looking to continue your journey towards full rejuvenation, reach out to Amy directly by visiting amycarlson.com for your own one-on-one chat session, as well as your free toxic risk assessment. That's A-I-M-E-E carlson.com. And remember, you are just one small change away from renewed health.